Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. Hello, everyone. My name is Jason, and I am from California in the U.S., and I am here in Wuhan, beautiful Wuhan, China. This is Bebe from Beijing, my favorite place in the world. (laughs) Sorry, I sound a bit too energetic. I might end up being able to move back to Beijing next year, and I think it's my favorite place. You know, I lived there for nine years, and I feel like it's kind of like become my home, not my home away from home even. I think of Beijing as being my home more than anywhere else. But I think, you know, I think somebody, everybody can find a place for himself or herself in Beijing. You know, there's a, a something for everyone, really. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I want to talk about environmentalism, recycling and energy use. I want to talk about the differences and similarities between China and elsewhere in the world. Um, I wanted to kick off with just talking about something that changed in about 2018, 2019. You know, there's this big Hmm. conception in the United States that they're really good at dealing with their recyclables and their trash. And Mm -hmm. there's maybe a little truth to that with some of the technology. But they had been actually exporting, you know, millions of metric tons of trash to China. And saying, hey, you recycle this for us. At the end of 2018 or so, China was like, we're not taking that anymore. You know, you can deal with that your own (laughs) problems and China's Mm going to work. You know, we're going to use these same industrial facilities for our own stuff and not take your, you know, your your trash anymore. I I did not know that. So can I imagine shipments of trash? Yeah. From the U.S. Not trash. Going into ports in China. Yeah, exactly. But it's not trash. They would say, oh, this is recyclable stuff. So what was happening was Uh, they were just throwing every kind of plastic together and sending it to China and saying, mm -hmm. here, here's plastic. You can recycle this. But actually, it was really Mm -hmm. low quality plastics and a lot of it couldn't be used. Mm -hmm. And China was forced to destroy, Mm -hmm. burn or bury a lot of it and then use and you recycle some of it. Mm -hmm. And that was creating a huge environmental problem for China. So China was just like, you know, we're not going to do that anymore. Mm. I I watched so many like news articles and I read so many articles about how the United States was like, oh, no, what are we going to do with our trash now that China's not taking it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they just started shipping it to smaller countries that are not as developed. And, you know, so suddenly Mm. places like Vietnam and Cambodia are just like filling up on American garbage now. Wow. And then they tell their population, look how responsible we are. We've dealt Mm. with our trash so efficiently. And China's like, we're not taking that anymore. And I think, you know, it's going to force the United States to maybe innovate and come up with some better ways to get rid of the trash. Huh. Or maybe they're just going to keep shipping it to poor and poor countries who think that they're getting a deal. Now, speaking which is terrible. of shipping, uh, have you heard that the prices for shipping large commodities like bulk has gone up like a crazy amount? So probably it's mm, yeah, getting yeah, yeah. a lot more expensive, probably too expensive for shipping garbage. But that's something that's totally new to me. I've never heard of uh, countries shipping garbage to other countries, like exporting. Mm. I've heard of exports, right? 
Never heard that people、mm. actually export their garbage. Goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that piece of information, and、uh, I'm happy that we're not importing more garbage. I'm too. Yeah, I live <laughs> here too.、Uh, I'm very happy that it's not happening anymore. You know, in the last few years, also there's been a really a large uptick. You live in Beijing, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. And making sure、right. that everyone sorts their trash into various kinds of waste. It's see, you know, in the past,、uh, let's say when I was younger, when people hear news of that, say, "Oh, we're going to start doing something new, right?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.、Um, and it's from、uh, it's not、uh, across the city or across the nation. We're kind of like okay, you're probably just saying it, right? There will be a, some minor changes here and there,、mm. but this time they are for real.、Mm. <laughs> you know, we heard about it for a month.、Uh, we heard that oh, it's um, it, it's people in Beijing is community based, right? You live in、mm-hmm, your own、mm-hmm. neighborhood, so each neighborhood deals with it in their own way. But there is a、uh, standard message. Um, and the, for this year, the major message is that you got to sort your garbage. You know, you have to do it carefully. It's like it's like a legal matter now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I because they have this little broadcast in the community. Every time I walk past this,、um, there's, there's a stand where they post、uh, like information for the community. Every time I walk past, there's like it senses someone is coming, and it it will start broadcasting saying. Um, sorting garbage is like your legal responsibility. <laughs> so, but they they are for real, and we've changed、um, the way we deal with our garbage this year.、Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear about it? Absolutely. Of my community. Yeah. How we please do it? tell us、okay. about it. So in the past,、um, pretty much everything was thrown together. We have three like large buckets for kitchen waste,、mm-hmm. for recyclable, and for others.、Mm. So they were there, but It like there was no strict regulations,、mm-hmm. so some I, I would do it. You know, I do it that way, but not everybody did. Some、mm-hmm. did, did they just do whatever they want, and I'm not too sure what they do with it after they take it away. You know, were they thrown together again, or were they actually you know parts of it was going into recycling station?、Mm-hmm. But this year, it's been very very clear.、Um, we they did away with those、uh, bigger garbage cans where. Um, like couple households share the same garbage can. Yeah. Now it's like every house apartment、um, in our community, we have our own smaller garbage cans.、Um, so there is a small one for kitchen waste.、Mm-hmm. Um, there is another one for other waste. And then they gave us this、um, these、uh, blue plastic bags、mm-hmm. for paper recyclable or paper and plastic.、Mm-hmm. Uh, these traditional kinds of recyclables. And every time. Uh, like I, I have two or three of those. If once they fill up, you're supposed to flatten your boxes and you know that whole thing.、Mm-hmm. Um, and once these bags are filled, I make an appointment on WeChat online for the collector to come. Um, and they will weigh it, say paper or plastic, whatever, and then they give you money for like I think it's there is amount per kilogram.、Mm-hmm. So however kilogram of This recyclable garbage you have, they will give you the、uh, appropriate amount of money,、mm-hmm. and it stays in your account, and then you can use that month and that money to buy stuff. That's nice. I have accumulated what maybe just a little over a hundred. I haven't really look at my account, but it's it's a whole new system. 
Mm-hmm. In the past, sometimes we would sell our like cardboard paper or plastic and other things to uh, garbage collectors. <laughs> they'll weigh it and then they'll give you cash. Right, you probably know about this. They're like, and then they take it to the recycling station and sell it for a higher price.、Mm. There is a lady in the neighborhood, in our neighborhood, who you know she, I think she's retired, and somehow she's、mm-hmm. into this mm-hmm. recycling mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. So she takes her little、um, like tricycle and just goes around the neighborhood <laughs> every day、uh, to scout for these paper cardboards. But I think now she's out of a job <laughs> because they've taken this.、Um, I'm, I'm not too sure if this thing, this app. App、uh, or account is citywide or what?、Mm-hmm. But this is how we all our neighbors do it now. Was that clear?、Or? Yeah, that was very clear. You know, this is a little bit different than because I was living in Beijing during this too, in two different apartment complexes. One was in、uh, Shijingshan. On the west side,、mm, and、right. the the complex there, you bring your stuff downstairs, and every you know, there's lots. Of, so people who don't know in the United States, the apartment complexes、mm. in China are huge, and thousands or tens of thousands of people live in one like series、mm. of buildings all together in what we call like a shoutu, or just means like a community、right. or a complex, small community, right? Right, and、uh, it's like an apartment complex that they might have in the United States, but instead of like two or three stories tall, it goes just way into the sky. <laughs> So you come out, and then there's a series of like, okay, this is for kitchen waste. Okay, this is for like,、uh, maybe it cannot be recycled、mm. at all. And then they'll have a special red one. It's for hazardous things like batteries,、mm. stuff like that. But there's also around the corner, there's a special electronic digital place to go、oh. for like a very special things. Like、uh, you have aluminum or steel or whatever,、mm-hmm. and you want to recycle that.、Mm. And you can put it inside, and the computer will weigh it and tell you whatever, and you get like money. Like,、mm. yeah, like not actual money, but rewards your account. Right. So it says, okay, you have this much account money. Also, people bring things there. Not going to throw away、mm. as much. People like tables、mm. or whatever. They just leave it there.、Mm. If you and I, I was curious to see what would happen. So we, I saw some people that left a table there. So I kind of, you know, shuffled off to the side and just waited a while. <laughs> and sure enough, someone come, someone else comes along. Like, hey,、mm. table. And they're just like, okay, score. <laughs> so it's also kind of like a place you could just leave stuff,、mm. where people also just like kind of use it as a community reuse center.、Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want this chair anymore. Maybe someone else will, and sure enough, someone might just want that、right. chair. That's like you know college、mm. campus in in the states. <laughs> you get like mattresses off the sidewalk <laughs> sometimes, or use tables and furniture. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, probably yeah. a little less common here. At the end, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right.、Mm. But it's a、mm. uh, it's a whole new system, and I'm you know at first. Whenever people、um, encounter change in their lives, you know it takes some time to get used to it. I remember in the beginning when they were telling、mm-hmm. us in the neighborhood that oh we're gonna start this whole new system, and people were like, "What? Now I have to cut open my paper boxes and flatten them by myself?" Because in the past they just you know someone comes in, <laughs> comes in and take it. They do it as a business, right? And they take it to the recycling station.、Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the responsibility of the residents themselves to. You know, take apart your quaidi, your div- delivery boxes, and make sure that your recyclables、mm-hmm. are kind of neat, right? Instead of just like a huge、mm-hmm. pile.、Mm-hmm. You know, in in the U.S., you get a lot of fines for a lot of、mm-hmm. things. So you know, you drive too fast, you park in the、right. wrong place. That doesn't seem to happen as much in China. Like the police are not as interested in people who are running the red light, turning right. Really, <laughs> it just kind of happens. Well, because but, they, <clears> they, <throat>、really. they take but, photos. But, they take photos. You get fined. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, sure. Uh, sure they do. I mean, I see a lot of traffic violations. It's a totally different system. Uh-huh. But my point is, in uh, regarding sorting your trash, you will see a fine. So, if really? you're, maybe not uh-huh. you personally, but yo, yeah, if your community is not sorting its trash, your community will actually oh. be fined. And so, like, that's why the communities are so really, so the government's taking right. this very seriously. So, businesses, like large buildings, mm. communities, like Shaochus, when they don't sort their trash mm. properly and it, it goes to the next set, next level, to the next center, and they're like, oh, gosh, this is all right. wrong, your community will receive a fine. It can be for 5,000 or 10,000 mm-hmm. RMB. And so, the community is like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, that's why when you walk over to your trash, your recycling mm. center area, that you start hearing that voice. It's because your community oh. put it there because oh. they don't want to get a fine. And I right. think it's a good thing. It's a it very is, positive thing. They're forcing mm. everyone to make sure that they're being accountable to the mm. environment. Um, And we're getting paid for it. I mean, it's not a lot of money, but, you know, it adds up. And also uh, plastic bags. I think maybe we talked about this a little bit before. Um, like I got delivery from Burger King yesterday. And the reason why I sometimes Mm. when I do get delivery, um, I like to order Burger King is because everything they use is pretty Mm. much recyclable. You know, they don't use plastic containers, right? It's, it comes in a paper bag and, um, uh, your coffee, uh, comes in a paper cup. And then the thing that wraps up the burger is also, uh, some form of paper. And also the, uh, their, Mm. um, Mm. I did get a plastic bag yesterday, uh, because I had a couple items. But it was the decomposable kind of plastic that we talked about. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah, started yeah. earlier mm. um, than garbage recycling. Like maybe was it January mm, last year mm, mm. or this year? Maybe it was last year where they were there. They started this campaign to get rid of um, normal plastic bags, like the ones we've been using for for mm, decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm. And these new ones are mm. so much nicer. I mean, like even the touch is actually soft. Um, and, um, but it's extremely yeah, yeah. sturdy and they just look good. I, I, you know, I don't even want to throw them away cause I want to reuse them. They, they look so nice. <laughs> so these are two, hmm. um, very important changes that has something to do with every household. Um, and I think it's, they're all for, you know, for the better. A lot of people in the United States also have this warped perspective of that the United States is, you know, a, a polluter, but it's in a category with other polluters. But I, I was looking at the statistics in preparation for our conversation. Hmm. And the U.S. in 2016 and about annually produced 42 million metric tons of waste. I don't even know what that number really is mm. if, you can, if they put it in pounds or mm-hmm. kilograms or something, mm. but that's a lot. And China only produces 21. You know what's really interesting about that? China has four and a half times the population of the U.S., So for Hmm. a country with 1.3 to 1.4 billion people, where the U.S. has 300 and, I don't know, 40 or 50 million people, Mm -hmm. the United States is still producing twice as much waste Mm. as as China does. Mm. We talked briefly about this. Chinese people automatically try to be less, they're more thrifty, more, less wasteful. You know, the Shui Bei, 
This this yeah. idea of carrying Thermal a personal bottle. thermos. <laughs> yeah, a thermos around. I was a little surprised. And at first I was like, haha, so silly. But then, you know, a few years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should You're have carrying this. Why your am own. I such a t- <laughs> why am I such a terrible person and wasting all these plastic like containers when I go to Starbucks? Mm-hmm. I should be bringing my and now I do. I have my own Nice. I have my own. I have two very, very nice shui bags. I use them for different things mm-hmm. things, but I can I you know, one's water and one's coffee and tea. Mm. And I have them with me for whatever I do because I picked that up in China always being responsible and reusing the same right. thermos year after year after year so that I don't ha- reduce the amount of plastic waste that I was producing before and it's clean you know once you have the habit yeah. of bringing your own bottle like even when you go to restaurants you don't really use their cups mm. anymore right and when you go to a friend's mm. house or other places when you go to work you always drink from your own cup I mean it's just just a lot more sanitary and I think it's not just mm. uh, a Chinese thing. Well, it, it is a chi- China thing, Chinese thing, mm-hmm. because we like to drink uh, warm water and some people even hot mm-hmm. water. So mm-hmm. it serves a purpose, right? Um, we like to keep things uh, hot. Well, in some countries, like, you know, in the U.S., people probably use thermal bottles to keep their coffee cool or something. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, I have I have a lot to say on this topic. I mean, the mm-hmm. U.S. is the wealthiest nation in the world. And you can't imagine for someone, if you have not lived outside of U.S. Mm. Um, and you have not compared how much people consume in the U.S., like per mm. capita, mm. you can't believe the amount of waste mm. um, in, generated in the U.S. Mm. Um, this might sound not so good, but this is I think this is the truth. I think per capita, like per person, people in the U.S. just consume so much more. Mm, you know, mm. compared to the rest of the world. Uh, China is catching up, quote unquote, catching up in some ways. But I'm happy that we've noticed this problem, mm. uh, the damage we're doing by consumerism, right? Because of consumerism mm, mm, mm. Um, and the waste that's been generated and the impact on the environment and also on people's health. So we are starting to do things to um, make sure that we don't go too far down the road. Mm. But if you compare developed countries, Let's say the best example I can give is Japan. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. visited Japan before, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine the amount of care they take to make sure that they conserve energy, mm. conserve everything. Mm. You know, they, they don't leave food um, after a meal. No matter, because one thing I remember, I visited Japan twice. And something that's very, very memorable is even those really skinny ladies. They're, they're, like, they're like a toothpick. Mm-hmm. They're so skinny. But they finish everything off their bowl. Mm. They don't eat a lot to start with. You know, they, they don't serve a lot to start with. Mm. They serve just the right amount. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting about meals in Japan. They bring it out. It's like 10 dishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, so much, so many containers. But there's only a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. on your on your plate for, for your meal. And you feel like, okay, maybe that's not enough. But by the end of the meal, I always felt like, you know what? That was just right i'm not stuffed i'm not you know i'm, I'm filled but maybe like just 90 percent fill mm-hmm. and it's, it feels very comfortable and nothing is wasted and also the amount of care they take to recycle mm-hmm. i mean it would drive me nuts <laughs> they need they actually cut open their cartons mm. uh, like say for yogurt or milk and they wash it out flatten it and that's, you know, when they then they put it in their recycle mm-hmm. and for bottles, they peel off the plastic part, the label, mm-hmm. they peel that off 
that goes to like one garbage can, and the bottles goes to another.、Hmm. Uh, I mean, the the bottle goes to another, and then the cap on the bottle goes to another. Wow! Like I would have to allocate an hour of my time every day just to sort the garbage,、hmm. and they do it. And there is this village in Japan. I think that's. Uh, gar that has become garbage free.、Mm, wow! And which means everything they use has been recycled. And the reason why they did that is because it was so polluted、mm. once in history that you know tourists stopped going. It was just so polluted, and the people living there was、uh, fed up with、mm. it. So they're、mm. going to do something.、Mm. You know, they aimed for the zero garbage, and they did it.、Um, I mean, they spent a lot of time doing、mm. that, but their town, their village, is beautiful again.、Mm. And also, something else amazing happens when you are very conscious of how you process your garbage, and that is you use less of everything <laughs> because it's so much trouble、yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to deal with the aftermath. No, I don't want another milk.、So、you, you know how much work that's going to be. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, that would totally work on me. For every small container you、uh, like, this cup of yogurt you finish, you have to wash it. <laughs> you have to separate the things and put them in different、um, different、uh, containers、mm -hmm. for recycling. But it's a good thing, and it is a good thing that、um, it's not always about our comfort and satisfaction,、mm -hmm. right?、Mm -hmm. uh, us being alive is not just about how comfortable we live. We need to really stay,、uh, change our course, and we can't go down that road、mm -hmm. and, and just think that the purpose of our lives is just to to to, to live happily.、Mm -hmm. Or to enjoy the moment. It's not like that. We have responsibilities,、yeah. and this is part of it. Sorry, I got a little bit excited <laughs> when we talk about this. <laughs> I want to talk. You know, in the United States, they there are some people who are taking some res personal responsibility, and they bring like. You know the same bag back to the grocery store, but I think it's a minority of people.、Mm -hmm. One thing that's really interesting here is right for right now, it seems like most of the people who go shopping I see at the grocery store are generally older people. They seems like the older generation do do、mm. a lot of the shopping for you know themselves and for the part of the younger generation at least because families have a tendency to、right. live. And they, they have live the time. But you know, one thing they do is they、mm -hmm. have these carts. It looks like a backpack, kind of like a、mm. large sleeve that has two wheels with a handle with wheels on it. On it. And they yeah, yeah, they bring、yeah. the same bag、yeah. to the grocery store every time, and you can see that they're not like trying to look.、Right. Oh, look at my bag! It's so pimped out because it looks like an old <laughs>、oh. kind of bag that they've reused hundreds of times. Oh yeah, it's yeah. not pretty. So I mean, one of the things this encouraged me. So I actually just started taking my backpack to the grocery store and like using、mm -hmm. my backpack as my bag、mm. a lot of the time. So like I end up with this giant because I always overshop. I'm like, okay, I need way more of these.、Uh, I might, I might need some of the. So my bag is like super full, and I'm toting this giant heavy backpack、mm -hmm. home. But I did, I did see that the older people、mm. were doing this, and I was like, oh, I should do something too. You know? Yeah, Jason. Once you try the those bags with wheels, you won't go back. <laughs> They are so much better. The thing is, though. I know how you, you know. I know what you were talking about. They're、mm, not trendy. Mm, mm. They're not cool. And the first time that I used it to go to the market,、um, I mean, I felt like I was just so down. <laughs> <laughs> It's like because you know when I when I was pre mom days, mm, okay, mm. when I was single, you know, I cared about、mm. how I looked, right? I would never touch、mm. one of those. Those are for old ladies. <laughs> 
right? Um, but the time, the first time that I dragged one of those carts to go shopping, I, I felt like I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but actually, nobody else cared anyway, right? And it was so much more mm. convenient. And you don't have to hold, you know, hold down to take all the weight yeah. on yourself. Just drag yeah. it along. I mean, they could, I think they could be designed a little bit better. Hopefully, in the future, there will be cool cards <laughs> <laughs> where even young people are you willing to use. But now I've been a mom for seven years, so I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> My wife has a really cool solution to this. You know, um, well, I have, I've been bicycling for years and years. And I was like, she, my wife mm. asked me, can I get uh, one of those scooters, those electronic scooters? And then my thought immediately mm. was, oh, this is my perfect chance to get my wife into bicycling with me. <laughs> so instead of buying her an electronic scooter, I bought her a bicycle. So I know nice. she was like, this is not what I wanted. But, you know, she, she, li she, <laughs> she likes it. But what she, one of the first things right. she did is she, she's very good at like adding and she's very mechanical actually and she nice. installed a basket on it and then she's like that's not enough so yeah. she installed another <laughs> basket on it so she is the i've never seen anyone in my life who has this but on her bicycle she has a big basket on the front and a big basket on the back right so when she goes to the yes we go, when we go to the grocery store we just put our stuff in her basket and actually that that mm -hmm. is really convenient see we grew up with bikes like that mm. And usually the the basket in the front is metal ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I was little, before all the traffic rules and everything, like people even put their babies <laughs> in that <laughs> basket in the front. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then somebody else would sit in the back. You know, there's usually a seat, mm -hmm, right, in the back mm -hmm. of uh, the bicycle. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, these uh, bags you can put on the side. And that's why, you know, when I first um, arrived in the States, living in the States, you know, you see how people, they go cycling, yeah, right? Yeah. And those bikes they use looked so naked to me. Yeah. It's like they were not finished. <laughs> there was no basket in the front and there was like no seat in the back. Mm. Just two wheels with structures to hold the wheels up. Mm. And I was like, so they're just cycling for the sake of cycling? Yeah. Because for us, you know, we go to the supermarket. If we could go by bicycle instead of driving, we'll probably go by bicycle. Mm. Right. Mm. And that you need something to hold your grace, a grocery. Mm. Or if you want to go somewhere, your friend wants to go, wait, just, you know, sit in the back. Mm -hmm. We'll go in the bicycle. Mm -hmm. But so the, the bicycles that I uh, saw in the States looked so useless to me. <laughs> 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 well, but I mean, for them, that's what they're for. It's for cycling. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I totally understand why, you know, your wife would put these uh, at those baskets. <laughs> and now they're not just uh, for exercising. They're also useful. <laughs> you know how some motorcycles, like police yeah. motorcycles and others, they have the two, the two extra big baskets on the side in the back. Huh. Yeah, they have like, well, they, I don't know. Delivery guys. Gear well, they have. Stuff. Well, I guess that too. My wife really wanted to put those on too. And so I was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 Two baskets. Well, I was just like, you're going to hit someone, you know, like she's not, I, I've been riding a bicycle since I was like three, you know, like I've never not had a bicycle. Mm. So she's like getting into biking. I was like, I don't think it, you know, stuff sticking out the side <laughs> of your bicycle is the way to go. You're going to clip someone. Mm. So well, they, they're used I, to it. Her the other yeah. traveler, they're they're used to it. They'll watch out for that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, mm -hmm. interesting.
we're talking about environmental related things, can we talk a little、mm-hmm. bit about solar plants? I know this is like、Absolutely. you know a, a huge jump, but um、mm. I've been hearing a lot about solar plants in the news、mm-hmm. in the past two years or so. Yeah, yeah. And this is something like you don't think about, you know, solar panels. Like you just, it's just not. I think about it all the time. Really? Well, anyhow, starting、uh, maybe the, the like two years ago,、um, I started to notice some more videos about solar plants in in China, new ones being built. And I think now we have the world's largest、mm. solar plant, and it just went online, like it went, it became connected to、um, the, you know, the the grid or something. So let me just pull this、mm-hmm. out. I have it somewhere. The world's largest solar plant goes online in China, and this is an article from October、mm-hmm. last year. It's, it's called Huanghe Hydropower Development. It has connected a 2.2 GW. Yeah, is that、yeah. what gigawatt or something? Okay. 2.2 GW solar plant to the grid in the desert in China's remote Qinghai province. So I mean, in the image I I see right now on this website is just endless, endless field of solar panels. And I also remember watching this video made by another foreigner living in China.、Mm-hmm. He actually went to one of those places.、Mm-hmm. I mean, the image looks like it's from Mars or something. There's like nothing, right? Nothing in the in that area. Just. Silver, so、mm. like solar panels reflecting the sun.、Mm. It's quite an amazing sight, and from the distance, they look just like、eh, normal sized panels. But when、mm-hmm. he went actually into the field, I mean, they looked huge.、Um, and it's, I think maybe that was the largest or something.、Mm. So they're actually making use of desert areas. And also another interesting video I saw,、um, it, it talked about the problems they had.、Mm-hmm. With these、uh, solar、yeah. fields, it's like a solar farm, right? And they they you know have this huge solar farm in the middle of nowhere, like grassland or or the desert. And then interesting things started to happen、um, because of these solar plants. The、um, and probably other efforts too.、Mm, wow. The grasses started to grow underneath.、Um, maybe because the condition, like it wasn't、mm-hmm. as windy, right? Things blocking the wind. Or maybe、uh, because the sun was blocked,、mm-hmm. water wasn't evaporating as fast,、mm. so the the place was turning green.、Uh, that was a good thing, except the grass started to grow so tall that it was、uh, mm. growing into the like the solar panels.、Mm. So that could create some problems. And I think they、um, even、mm. consulted a team from Germany. You know about what to do when grass started to grow、mm. underneath these solar panels. <laughs> Is there an efficient way of、uh, cutting the grass?、Wow. And it turned out to be really, really expensive if we want to, you know, cut the grass underneath a lot of human power. And do you know what they did? Sheep. I'm just guessing. In the end, yes, exactly. Because you are right. Yeah. Woohoo.、Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just, you know, they they just hired the local shepherds, the people who kept sheep. And led in the sheep, and they ate the grass.、Wow. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> Let me just tell you a really quick story. I grew up in the Central Valley of California, called the San Joaquin Valley, and so the big city is San Francisco or Oakland. You know, you, so we would go over this、uh, big hill area、mm. called the Altamont, and every time we would go as a child, there were these huge fans, you know, in the、mm. in the sky, you know, like wind power. Oh yeah, But yeah. But as yeah, a child, my my dad would、mm. lie to me because he thought it was fun, and he was a charming guy. <laughs> he would say, "Oh no, 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 these." 
these are fans to help cool off the valley. Mm. And they blow in wind from the Bay Area, Jason, and to make the valley cool. Obviously, I, I was like, wow, so cool. They're giant fans that cool off the valley. Right. As I got older, of course, I learned they were for producing energy. I'm sorry, back to uh, solar panels. Right. Yeah, go ahead. And also, um, have you heard of this project, Solar Energy for Poverty Alleviation Program? No, I haven't S-E-P-A-P. heard of that. Let me, I'm going to write The Solar down. Energy for Poverty Alleviation Program, which is positioned as an integral component of China's political campaign to eradicate poverty by 2020. So, hmm. this, you know, it's not that new. And it aims to add over 10 gigawatt capacity and benefit more than 2 million households from around 35,000 villages across the mm. country by mm. 2020. I remember, now that we're talking about this, I remember this... Um, by, in passing, I watched this video. I think it wasn't just about making sure that families in these villages have electricity. Like, yeah. you know, their light bulbs would uh, go off, stay off, stay on. Very vaguely, it's something about like they can actually sell hmm. the electricity that's made, you know, from their wow. household. I mean, it can't be a huge amount of income, but yeah. it's something, you know, if you're mm-hmm. a poor farmer. So uh, I, I don't have time to find out more details, but. Um, I just never made the connection between solar energy and poverty alleviation. But you know, maybe in the future, I can do more research. few years very fascinated with the uh, the process that china underwent to completely eliminate absolute poverty which has been successful and has eliminated Mm. absolute poverty in china in the last year or so completely it was a decades long campaign and one of the things that i saw when i was doing research and i saw this specifically in hubei but i saw it in other places too is that the government, when they chose places to do like a hydropower development or to install some kind of new equipment that was necessary for Chinese infrastructure, they would oftentimes look at places that needed mm-hmm. development. They were like, oh, okay, this place is really right. poor. So if we're going to build right. hydropower on this river somewhere, we should build it close to this community because it creates mm-hmm. Jobs for that community. Exactly. And now we can employ people from this community to work there. They have money. They will spend that money in the community. Right. Other people will get m- that mm-hmm. money from the job that they're. So it, maybe they only hire a couple hundred people, but those couple hundred people spend money that helps thousands of other people. Right. Like, get some of the money that's coming from the infrastructure project. And so China has been very, very scientific and careful and meticulous mm. in like how it developed its infrastructure so that it would benefit the most amount of people who needed to become a larger part of the total Chinese economy. Exactly. And also, this reminds me that even with the solar plant, like, uh, you know, they had to, they ended up hiring the locals to take care of certain things that mm-hmm. are, I, I suppose, not so technolo- technologically advanced, like everybody could do. And when you mentioned you know, a few hundred local jobs, that's actually for a few hundred families, yeah, right? Yeah, with yeah. that income. Their kids can keep going to school. Yeah. Um, and the benefits, you know, it's uh, the ramifications of that is a lot more than just 
um, feeding a few hundred people. Mm -hmm. And also, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to mention that, you know, when you say when China finds projects, right, when they mm -hmm. want to do these projects, they go into poor areas. Um, this is how people think differently. You know, if this project, if it's done by a private company, right, the thing mm -hmm. you're thinking mm -hmm. about would be how well I make a profit. Yeah. Right. How well this bring in income. Hmm. But in China, a lot of most of these projects across the country, they're not done with the dollar sign in their mind. Hmm. Their goal is to help people, to raise people's living standards and also, hmm. um, you know, to protect the environment. That's like, you know, the, the goal that the country has been stressing for at least the past five to 10 years. It's hmm. relatively newer, you know, than the other initiatives. But this this goes to tell, you know, if, if what's your um, starting point, mm. right? If your starting point is to make more money, then it will affect everything you're going to, every decision you're going to make afterwards, mm. right? But if your point is how will this improve the living standards for the people around this area, mm. then your decisions are going to be a completely different, most likely very different sets of uh, decisions. So that's something, because um, I think people maybe in the West, they have this negative view of these top-down projects, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. When they hear the word government, they're always, the, the, the word they connect with government is always like control or, you know, suppression or something like that. That's not how we, yeah, that's not how we uh, in China think about the word government. You know, when we think about the word government, we think of these things and projects, things that we cannot do as a private citizen. Mm -hmm. We cannot build the roads, right? We cannot... Uh, set up these um, towers for telecommunication in remote areas. Uh, we cannot, you know, build schools uh, to send our kids. And these are the things that the government helps us to do. We cannot make sure that the city is 100% safe. So we need the government, right, to, with their police stations mm -hmm. and their, mm -hmm. you know, cameras and to make sure that we are safe. This is how people here think about the government. I mean, if you watch a lot of these amazing projects that China has um ha has done over the years a lot of them are in remote areas as mm -hmm. you mentioned especially mm -hmm. um in western uh china and now i think more projects are going to northeastern parts too because mm -hmm. they also need a, a boost in their economy mm -hmm. but i mean western china that's like you know a lot of desert areas mm -hmm. and think of um the projects we've mentioned in just we've, we've only done a few shows together but um, I remember uh, that like this whole a whole desert disappeared mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the map in China mm -hmm. because of greening projects mm -hmm. that's been going on for um, at least 20 years. Mm -hmm. And also these sonar panels, right? These farms being built um, in deserts. I mean, in the past, people think this is useless. People can't live here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And now they're thinking of ways to not just... Uh, make use of natural energy to improve people's lives, to to improve the the um, environment. It also, it's also providing, as you said, um, opportunities for the local people. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing about China's poverty alleviation program is that it targets these individual families. It's not like a thing that you know the government writes. Oh, we're going to get this done by twenty twenty. Um, and everybody's going to use the same format. Mm -hmm. Something about the way 
um, the government works in, in, in China and how they do projects is that it's very, uh, it gets very specific when a goes down to the to the local level, right? Each village is different and they need something, uh, plans that's designed for that village. And it's not, you know, it's, it's in a way it's flexible and fluid. Uh, it depends on the local conditions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sorry, I feel like I've gone on for too long. No, it's all right. I, 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 <laughs> I still wanted to talk about solar panels more because when I was uh, sure. looking at the statistics, firstly, number one, China is the number one producer of solar panels in the world. And it's also mm. the number one consumer of solar panels in the world. Now, recently, mm -hmm. there's been a lot of... Uh, emphasis on different countries sharing their part and making sure that they reduce the total amount of carbon emissions. And what's not commonly mm -hmm. understood is that China actually has three times the amount of solar panels in use as the US, for example. Um, mm -hmm. China does use coal, but it's also diversifying into renewable energies faster than right. any other country in the world. And a huge problem has been countries, or say the EU is a trading bloc and the US are so concerned about jobs that they're trying to mm. put, they put tariffs on solar panels from China because they're like, oh, well, we make solar panels too. We don't want you to oh, undercut the market. Right. A really big problem is if we're actually I trying to find, yeah, if we're going, if we're trying mm. to find the solution, to this impending doom of like carbon that's entering into the atmosphere, then maybe mm. are the concern, concern shouldn't be, oh, that some Germans might have to diversify their portfolios. But the actual concern should mm -hmm. be, okay, these, they can make solar panels faster and cheaper so we can have more solar panels faster mm. and cheaper to redo our grid. And maybe the concern should be not mm. having tariffs on something that's going to help everyone and so that we can support an industry mm. that is going to redefine how carbon's going to be not put into the atmosphere at a faster rate by right. allowing the people who can do it the best and the cheapest and the fastest to do it. And it really frustrates me that this, these ter silly tariff wars go on. And in the meantime, while they're being trying to be solved by the WTO, which takes a long time, there are mm -hmm. all these opportunities that are missed to just put more solar panels all over the place much faster. What, what is it? 27 countries in the EU are being hurt because Ger mm. Germany is worried about losing a few jobs. That doesn't make any sense to mm. me. You know what? Talking with you about this makes me feel like we're so special. I mean, who talks about solar panels <laughs> <laughs> for fun? <laughs> but I was just reading something in that regard. And I happened to mention the same thing. And uh, it talks about, you know, I think two thirds of the world. China produces two thirds of the world's uh, solar panel equipment. Mm. But they did have, we did have a tariff imposed against China, I think in 2018 hmm. with the trade tensions. But it, it, the article mentioned, you know, how did Chinese solar panels reach such a dominant position? Mm -hmm. And it was a combination of several different factors. Hmm. Uh, first is, of course, China as, you know, from top down and, you know, made a big bet on renewable energy. I mean, these days when you watch news, you hear a lot about um, not just solar panels, solar energy. Uh, but also, you know, carbon neutral, carbon mm -hmm. peak by a certain mm -hmm. date, and also about uh, renewable energy and also, uh, you know, automobiles and vehicles mm -hmm. with, you know, in, in the future re using renewable energy. Years ago, five, ten years ago, that wasn't in the news. Now it's like every day in the news. So, you know, years mm. of massive investment in clean energy in general and solar in particular uh, propelled China into becoming the world's biggest solar power producer and also with mm. the economy of scale, right? And China benefited from mm -hmm, its huge mm -hmm. manufacturing base and low production costs. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, with most types of uh, electronics and industrial equipment, China has been the cost leader. Well, so not surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, uh, this article mentioned that Chinese solar panel manufacturers leveraged their domestic solar energy boom, boom, solar energy boom, and massive government support to dramatically increase their scale. And also this growth partially coincided with the uh, 2008 financial crisis, which left a lot of the American mm. companies in poor state to, com- to compete. Mm. So kind mm. of Chinese companies mm. captured a global market share. So, yeah, mm. I mean, and also, um, I don't know how much time we have, probably only a few minutes. Have you heard about this floating solar farm on water? I, I think I've heard of it. Could I, you tell us more about it, please? Um, there's the building, or maybe it's done. Let me find this article. But floating solar PV farm on a gigantic scale. This is the Huainan hmm. farm in Anhui province. Just give me hmm. one second. Well, while you're looking for that, I'm going to talk to our listeners a little bit about food waste. Mm. So in the last few years, I guess two or three years, there's been a huge emphasis on, you know, okay, for for a lot of Chinese business people and a lot of families, mm-hmm. showing off their opulence at a, a banquet means ordering too much food mm. or has meant in the past ordering too much food. So they would order like, mm. mountains of food and look how, how, you know, well off our family or our business is doing. <laughs> and one, one of the things that China really tried to, to redirect people towards is stop wasting food because this is not good for the right. environment. It's not good for, you know, the economy. And in mm-hmm. some ways, people very reactive to the government in a positive way in China. When the government says, "Hey, this mm. is not the this is not a good moral behavior," this and it is makes not a sense. good eth- ethical. Yeah, people usually, right. oh, okay, that's the way we'll go now. And people take mm. that feedback. People are very, you know, they listen to the feedback. There was no consequence. The government wasn't going to go out and start really giving people fines for ordering too much food. But people stopped wasting food like overnight within a period of months. Everyone was talking about, oh, just order enough, and the, the right. opulence went away right away and people and so there was so much less food waste which is harmful for the environment over mm-hmm. using the the farms to the degree to where people were just like oh, okay this is just gonna be waste and now that waste is ver- you know i wouldn't say it's disappeared obviously because you could mm-hmm. never really get rid of all food waste but a lot of the food waste disappeared like within weeks or months of the government saying this is not the direction we want society yeah. to be going you know i think there are a couple reasons for that first of all like, it's the governments that started taking action. Because in the past, a lot of these fancy dinners were hosted to serve uh, business purposes. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe government officials or they need a, um, to get together and talk. And in China, some of a lot of these talks were are done, you know, on the dinner table instead of in offices. So in the past, mm-hmm. that was something uh, we consider as corruption. You know, mm-hmm. governments mm-hmm. spending a lot of money. 
on banquets that nobody really eats anyway, right? Because they're just, yeah. they're, they're talking about business. So they started to spend much less. It became almost like um, taboo, right? It's something you should not mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. Like people will look mm-hmm. down upon you or something. <laughs> so once they yeah. started, then it's easier for everybody else to follow, right? So mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, nobody mm-hmm. really wants to waste their money or waste the food. It's like everybody's feeling bad for this habit, but when it's your turn to host a banquet, you want everybody to to eat well, right? And one proof mm-hmm. that people have had enough is that there's still food, a lot of food left on the table, yeah. you know, when people yeah. leave. It's like a signal that, okay, I've spent enough, right? I've taken care of, make sure that everybody had enough. But now we have this almost like an excuse to say that, okay, now mm. we, we're not supposed to waste and everybody understand mm. this. Mm. So let's just be reasonable when we order. So I think it works in different ways. And also, especially with the pandemic. I mean, the pandemic is not just about the virus. It affects every single aspect of our lives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and food production, right? And transportation yeah, cost. Yeah. Now it costs a, a lot more to transport, say, soybeans from the United States to China and, mm-hmm. you know, across the globe. And uh, extreme climate has a great impact on food production. And our president, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I remember yeah. watching the news, uh, telling, you know, in the news, I mean, Chinese national leaders don't talk a lot, right? They're not mm-hmm. like Western leaders where they give, they give speeches all the time. Chinese leaders are not like that. They're very concise and they don't make a lot of public speeches um mm. but i remember watching on tv the chinese president president um you know just reminding people that let's not waste food this is a very mm-hmm. special time for all of us for the entire humanity we're not supposed to waste food to start with but it's gotten mm. into this habit but now it's a time that we really um watch what we do you know watch how much uh, food we consume because there's no point in wasting. a few minutes for absolutely the, absolutely okay just a little bit because i found this to be fascinating china builds world's largest floating solar farm a massive civil engineering experiment is underway 150 kilometers south of shanghai and it's causing an international wave in more ways than one this is i'm just reading the article from china environment a floating technology could be could potentially be capable of providing 50 percent of the world's ongoing energy needs. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's amazing. And the clean and green technology being tested at China's Hangzhou Fengling Electricity Science Technology Solar Park will also provide jobs and nutritious food from agriculture for local people. Mm. And um, I mean, this is a long article. I'm just kind of <laughs> yeah. um, reading the title here. But imagine a floating solar farm. And this one covers approximately 300 hectares in the Changhe and in two reservoirs in Zhejiang province and was built in two phases. Now, collectively, the two-phase project now generates approximately 352 million kWh, which 
You know what that means? Kilowatts, I'm assuming. <laughs> okay, which would generate approximately 45 million a year in revenue. And they're spaced in the reservoir with sufficient gap that light can enter and support a healthy sub-aquatic ecosystem. This means that the fish can survive and thrive with the added bonus that the panels serve as artificial islands that shield the fish from natural predators, such as birds. And also, locals can also navigate along carefully designed channels. And when the fish reach sufficient size, reel them in for a local and national consumer market. So economic analysis of the setup have estimated that the value of the local fishing community in terms of income could reach up to $5 million each year. I mean, there are other benefits. I, we don't have time to read the whole article. <laughs> but I just thought that's fascinating. Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of new technologies coming out that all kinds of countries will be able to use. One of the things that I've been really fascinated by, so you have renewable wind energy. Mm. Now we have renewable water energy, not in the form of hydro, but actually from ocean currents. Oh. There are all these technologies that are cutting edge mm. that are requiring like, you know, nations, navies to participate in mm -hmm. because some of the technology is so new. Mm -hmm. Also, you have these off off, you know, in the ocean solar, I'm sorry, wind farms that are being developed. There's hmm. so much of an opportunity for all of the countries in the world to come together mm -hmm. and to produce better energy. You know, I'd, I'd like to just really quickly mention. Sure. You, are you familiar with uh, fusion technology? Fusion as in what? It's the opposite of fission. It's a nuclear technology, but it's not the kind of nuclear technology that we are currently using. This has been under experimentation for a long time, for decades, mm -hmm. and it's been a dream for a lot of scientists mm. to produce this kind of energy from fusion, F-U-S-I-O-N, fusion technology, mm. which combines atoms together, mm. and it doesn't actually produce any waste. There's no waste from this kind of energy. Mm -hmm. What happened this spring was that China produced the longest continuous state of fusion in history. And it was like, I don't know, 30 or 40 seconds long oh. where they had continuous fusion technology working. That's actually a massive leap. 35 seconds. From like, you know, a few seconds. Hmm. Yeah, you, you looked it up. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so this is a massive leap from where we were, you know, just a couple of years ago to where it was only a few seconds here and a few seconds there that China has been able to do this really is like pointing a light towards like eventually we won't even need solar mm. every we'll just have there'll just be like 10 or 20 of these facilities around the world wow. producing a, enough energy for everyone everywhere mm. that is that, wow that sounds research intensive yeah I'm, it is <laughs> there are so many scientists working on this some of the literally the best minds in the world are working on this around the world mm -hmm. um, that is all the time we have today okay you know while talking to you I feel like we're just competing to see who can speak faster <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I talk fast normally but I'll try to calm down a little bit it just gets so interesting well thank you jason thank you our dear listeners and we'll see you next time okay bye, bye, -bye. everyone